Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rich Roll Podcast. I'm Rich Roll. I'm your host. This is a bonus episode. We're back with another Ask Me Anything with my lovely wife, Julie Pyatt, a.k.a. Srimati. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, sweetie? Good. It's been a long time since we've done one of these. It feels like it's been a very long time. How I many, know. like two months or more? Oh, longer than that. Yeah. Way longer than that. So wow. we're well over. Have you missed me? <laughs> I've missed you. <laughs> Again, the trope in all of this is that the only way that uh, Julie and I can get uh, into a place where we can have an intimate conversation is to do a podcast. That's what we're doing today. That's right. So, Highly recommended. Yeah, yeah, for for marital therapy, for relationship healthy relationships, therapy. start a podcast. Yeah, it'll either bring you. You'll together go deep, or it'll blow you apart. <laughs> no. You know. Hey everybody, like me, Inside Tracker wants to help you start the new year right. So they're thrilled to help support the Living Proof Challenge, the no cost science-based habit building program designed by my well-being wizard brother, Simon Hill, to specifically up-level the most important biomarkers that drive health span, that drive disease prevention, physical fitness, and mental well-being, courtesy of a doable evidence-based 12-week program elaborated upon in length in my conversation with Simon that dropped January 1. That's RRP 804. If you listen to that episode, then you know the program entails comprehensive blood testing at both the commencement and conclusion of the challenge. And nobody handles blood testing better than Inside Tracker, who are graciously encouraging everyone to join the no-cost challenge by offering a 25% off discount on Inside Tracker tests. To unlock the discount and learn more about this challenge, visit theproof.com slash livingproof. So, uh, so many things to talk about uh, today, and let's just get right into it. I mean, the primary uh, sort of thing that I want to unpack initially is just our trip, right? We just got back Mm -hmm. from this incredible experience in Italy, traveling through Europe. I want to recap that a little bit uh, and use that as a foundational platform to talk about a number of subjects. So, we just hosted our first retreat. I know. Congratulations. Congratulations to you as well. Yeah, we took 33 campers, mm-hmm. <laughs> retreat Willing campers. Willing campers mm-hmm. who came from all over the world. Uh, we converged on this beautiful villa uh, nestled into the hills of the Chianti region, about halfway between Florence and Siena, for a week of transformation. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It was pretty intense, right? It was completely deep, actually. I mean, we were it, we had asked everybody to write in um, kind of their story and tell us a little bit about why they had chose to come on the retreat. And so we were reading some of the kind of bios and letters on the plane on the way over. And, you know, I I had prepared sort of, you know, my part of the retreat and had an idea of how it was going to go. And before we arrived, you know, I really just realized that I had to let it all go and just see what they wanted. So I was prepared to just speak about vegetables, but uh, they came uh, completely raw and bare and vulnerable and really ready to go deep. And I would say we went deeper than any of us ever imagined we yeah. would go. <laughs> we went super deep. And again, people came from all over the world. We had a couple that came from Australia, uh, a bunch of people from London, some people from California, uh, South Africa, South, yeah, South Spain, Africa, Spain, Ireland, France, Ireland. Yeah. All kinds of people. Canada. Uh, that's right. I'm oh, sorry. Did you say Canada? <laughs> no, no, I didn't oh, say okay. Canada. Uh, okay. and like Julie said, we requested that everybody kind of write a letter. What are your expectations for the trip? What do you want to get out of it? Tell us a little bit about yourself. And, and I thought they would just say, well, this is my job. And you know, it would be very surface level stuff, but people ended up writing these incredibly, uh, Thoughtful uh, and yeah, thoughtful, yeah. private, revealing, very vulnerable letters mm-hmm. about what drew them to not just mm-hmm. us, but the opportunity that this uh, that this retreat, that this you know program um, might be able to uh, you know do for them, and it was incredibly touching, right? And so when we arrived, we were like, I felt like a sense of not pressure, but like expectation, you know, like all these people are here, like, how are we going to be able to be of service to these people over the course of seven days? And it was, uh, it was incredible, right? We were on point from like 630 in the morning, all the way till 11 at night, there was not a lot of free time, Mm -hmm. we had a ton of fun, it was amazing. 
but incredibly productive in terms of, of really just getting really intense and intimate with people to try to, to help them navigate whatever uh, sort of scenario they were finding themselves in. And what you realize is that everybody has their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. When you meet them on the surface, hey, I'm, you know, maybe their life looks great on the outside, but everybody has something that they're struggling with. Everybody has that thing that maybe they don't even feel comfortable telling their friends or their partner about. Uh, and I think that was the sweet spot where we were able to really be um, of service to people. It was amazing. And it was also like the fact that they were so courageous and so willing and they came so open and raw and vulnerable allowed this amazing magical healing and connection to happen. And um, it was it was it was beautiful. And yeah, every single person has their thing. They have their journey. They have their story. And, you know, we're all on this planet, you know, uh, together. And it was just it was an incredible experience, far surpassed my wildest imaginations. And we did have one person actually who was completely happy from Germany. I, I need to like just say that. So she just came, but she was very kind of quiet and she had a great time. And I think it was a wonderful bonding for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's, it's a way of forging community around ideas and lifestyle and principles. Uh, and, and, and when we were all done, when it was all said and done, I think we had seven people volunteer to sort of take control of continuing to cultivate the community beyond the seven days. Yeah, well, we were, so at the end of the seven days, it was really interesting because by day two, we all felt like we had been there seven days. That's how much uh, kind of movement and how deep we went together. So, um, you know, coming to the end of the week, you know, I was thinking about re-entry and how do we make sure that everybody has tools to go back to their life and not, you know, blow up their marriage or blow up their family or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, so we spent kind of the last day on, on community and you and I were really wanting to create a kind of mobilize this, this, this troop of people, this community of people that had, uh, come with us and experienced this sort of deeper level of intimacy and friendship to continue and and continue to develop the message and offer support and a place where they could meet and they could exchange and we could all continue to interact. So I, I said, you know, we need to elect, you know, a few people who's interested and, you know, immediately seven people stood up and they're rocking it. We have a, a private Facebook group and they're already posting and I'm going to be doing a meditation with them this week um, for the solstice. And, uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to turn into something really amazing. And I think in the subsequent trips that we do, the idea is to gather this kind of group of people and maybe build a mass of maybe 200. And then at that point, um, we can start to explore some other projects. I mean, right now within the group, the main mission is to hold everybody in their highest divine expression. It's just to hold that awareness for each person. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we build it and grow it and develop it, um, we can expand that out into doing some, you know, kind of projects in other countries. And it, it's going to be really fun. It was interesting trying to conceptualize how we wanted to approach this seven days. Because I think what you find in this space are very segmented experiences. Like people want to learn about plant-based cooking. So they go on a retreat and it's all about the food or it's a triathlon training camp, you know, and then you're just working out the whole time. Like I participated in those or it's, you know, a meditation retreat, a silent meditation retreat or a yoga retreat, or it's a, it's a, an experience about, you know, trying to improve the intimacy of your relationships. And so we bit off a lot because we were trying to kind of merge all of these things and, and pack them into uh, you know, a, a comprehensive experience that would take somebody through uh, you know, seven days where we could look at all of those things and give them all equal balance. Um, and I think we struck a pretty good balance. I mean, we were doing meditation, we were doing yoga, I was running with people on these beautiful trails that, that kind of connect all the hills and the little villages around the region. Uh, we were always on the hunt for the Shingale, which are the, the, uh, wild, the, boars. Wild, the wild boars, the pigs that live around there. I didn't, a lot of people were seeing them and hearing them. I didn't, I didn't have that experience, maybe next time. But uh, it was really fun, um, that part of it. So cooking demos, you know, intense relationship workshops, 
you know, career focused uh, seminars and discussions and, you know, all kinds of things. And I, I, my worry going into it was that we weren't going to give any of those particular subjects enough significance or enough time or bandwidth in order to really make any progress. But I feel like we were able to really hit um, a sweet spot with each of those. And I think anchoring it in, <clears throat> in the yoga and the meditation allowed people to kind of open up and connect with everybody more intimately. Like when you do yoga every day together as a group, it kind of sheds your facade, your mask comes off, you become more open and more willing to engage in the, the discussions that were transpiring and taking place throughout the week in the workshop sessions. Yeah. I mean, you know, yoga and the spiritual foundation is, is everything of the entire group. And um, I spent two months before we left developing the specific series, which I'm going to be releasing a video soon. It's called Jai Yoga. And so it was a really beautiful to see everybody step into that. And um, the, the practice has an original music composed by Shu Laha, which is, uh, he's my sitar teacher and he's a, a very, very, very accomplished classical musician. And, um, he composed this whole piece specifically for the practice. And it's a very, very deep practice. It actually brings you very much into the present moment. And it was interesting to see it because we went in and we had, you know, yoga yogis of all different levels. You know, some people had never even practiced before. And then we had others who had more advanced skills. So it was really cool though, to see, um, you know, I tried to design a practice that was strong, but that was something you could you could sustain over a daily period. Like you could do it every day and still be all right. So, anyway, it was a huge success, and it came, you know, came out great. Right, and I really feel like this was a coming out party for you in mm -hmm. many ways. Mm -hmm. You know, I obviously, you know, the initial draw are people that have followed this, you know, my podcast or, or read my books and, you know, have the plant power way and are familiar with your cooking, but maybe a little less familiar with, you know, some of the other skill sets that you possess. And this was an opportunity for you to really shine. Like you were really of service to these people in a profound way that I think they didn't expect mm -hmm. um, in a beautiful way. And it was really fantastic to be able to stand by you and, and watch you really flourish in that environment. Mm -hmm. So much so that I felt like I had to up my game for next time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to get my shit together oh, thank you. so that I can bring it, uh, you know, in a more substantive way uh, when we when we go back. I don't October. know. I thought I thought you were beautiful. I thought, first of all, thank you for that acknowledgement. I appreciate that a lot. I, I have to say that this experience was probably the first time in my life that I felt fully seen and fully able to be myself because I was expressing myself in all the things that I do. And underlying all of that is a deep desire and a deep compassion and love uh, to help people and heal people and to be um, you know, open and non-judgmental, you know, in the face of whatever they're going through. And to be able to uh, create this yoga flow practice, which has really been the foundation of everything in my life. I mean, everything that allowed me to support you through your journey came through this yoga, through asana, through meditation, through all of that. And I haven't really been expressing myself in that way because it was, you know, the cooking was up and that seemed to be what people were more op open to. But as I started to prepare this program, it really hit me profoundly just how that is a, a core foundational part of who I am. And without it, none of the other things would exist exist. So that was, you know, one piece. Then the other piece was, is I developed 60 new recipes for the menu. So it was all plant power way Italia. I am so excited about these recipes and about this new book product. We're not quite sure if it's going to be an ebook or it's going to be a published book, but it was really, really, really fun creating these recipes. Italian food is lovely. And, um, that was quite, quite a fun, uh, adventure to create all the food and then to be able to sing and play at night. So I was mm -hmm. singing and performing with the boys at night and, um, Harry had completely redone the tracks in kind of a new way and Tyler and Trapper and I were able to sing together and that was really really meaningful and then above all to see you know we had an Ayurvedic practitioner uh, Jennifer Ayers there with us and she was extraordinary we also had our tea master and Chinese medicine uh, physician Colin Hudon there as well and he's also the owner and founder of living tea right. livingtea.net he makes and imports some of the finest teas in the world as a matter of fact 
Just yesterday, uh, Tim Ferriss posted on Instagram a picture of living his living tea. His like his new favorite tea is living tea, and I immediately texted Colin. Nice. I was like, "Oh, Tim gave you a shout out." So, Colin was with us on the trip. He was incredible. Uh, him and Jennifer gave a presentation one afternoon that was mind blowing, and he did tea ceremony every morning. So you could either go running with me, or you could do tea ceremony with him, and people were really. Uh, impacted by that. Yeah, they were both amazing to have on the trip. And, and um, uh, so they got to, they got to sign up for a, a session between either one of these physicians, either one of these health practitioners um, to sort of have their own private session. And what I was able to see through the week is that people were needing some deep, deeper kind of spiritual healing uh, that I do, which is more of an etheric kind of clearing um, of different energies of, of lifetime, uh, uh, alignment, <laughs> certain things like that. Should and we go way down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but it was really meaningful. I mean, it's like, there was like, I ended up doing probably seven sessions and even in the final meeting, a couple people hadn't gotten what they needed and I was able to do a quick session. So to be able to be of that service and actually help somebody shift, because sometimes we have issues that are running in our lives and it's not even from this lifetime or it's from another energy. And we can really benefit from these alternate types of healing modalities that uh, clear energies, you know, that aren't seen and deal with things sort of in another level. And it was amazing to me how sensitive we all are as human beings. Really, these awarenesses and these experiences are really not foreign to us because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so if you just go below the surface, you know, immediately people were see seeing colors, they were having uh, visions, they were having experiences, they were having dream experiences. So it was quite readily available. I didn't have to push very hard. Um, all I had to do was hold the space for them, which is really all it is anyway. So it was... It was a really super meaningful, a, a very, very uh, meaningful and valuable use of time. Um, this was not a luxury vacation of just, it, it was actually a luxury vacation. It was amazing. The place is amazing. But what I mean to say is that this is a gift of experience. It's so much more than just going to a place like a hotel and staying there and enjoying the place. Um, because we, we really, really, really did um, connect at a very deep level and work on a lot of issues and a lot of traumas and a lot of things that people are just navigating in their life. And unless they had come so over openly, we couldn't have done what we did. Mm -hmm. So it's really the group and so significant that this group of people were the first people that came. Uh, so we have plans to do this four times a year. Um, so we're going to be announced, actually we've already announced the next trip, which is in October. It's in the same location in Italy. Um, and we're already over half sold out, I think for that event as well. Um, but we're going to continue to add locations and stuff, but it's, it's, this is what's happening on these trips. This isn't just, you know, go hang out and, you know, have some juices with Rich and Julie around the pool. <laughs> yeah, it's so. funny because everybody came with their own expectation of what it was going to be. And of course, they're projecting upon us because of what they know from the podcast or the books about what we're going to be like and what the experience is going to be like. And I think, I think that's correct. A lot of people were like, well, we're going to go running. We're going to hang out. We're going to eat great food. And anything beyond that, like, you know, who knows or... or I don't think there was huge expectations of anything beyond that. And at the end of the seven days, I really do feel like everybody left different. And I think the shift isn't a temporary band-aid. I think people were profoundly impacted and I think they're gonna carry that into their, into their life. And one of the funny things that you said was when you look at kind of mainstream, uh, the mainstream culture of sort of self-help experiences, you know, whether it's Tony Robbins or any number of these people that conduct these, you know, weekend or, or week-long events, uh, the typical format for these is you rent a big ballroom in a hotel. Everybody <laughs> stays in the hotel. It's at like the Anaheim Hilton or something like right. that. And you're in a conference room and there's a big stage and there's a lot of lights and there's a lot of loud music and there's a lot of, you know, sort of, um, artificial excitement that's that's it's like theatric yeah like dramatic like clap and like right. everybody are you ready are you ready stand up you know and shout you know and do all this kind of like they cultivate this environment that gets you excited right, right. and then you hear these speeches and and you are inspired by these things. i'm not i'm not 
you know, I love Tony casting Robbins. aspersions on any of this stuff. I mean, he, Tony Robbins is amazing, right? right? But a lot of that, uh, you know, one of the themes uh, that I'm constantly kind of thinking about and talking about is how do you how do you translate that inspiration into action? And inspiration, in cer- in certain ways, it's it's easy to inspire people. Like you can put an Instagram post out, or you can get people up and down and jumping up and down and excited, but how is that going to impact them long-term? Like, how are you gonna get that to stick and stay and translate, right? And so the problem with a lot of those other events is that inspiration wanes, right? People go back into the world and they kind of forget about it or they don't put it into action. And, and you, were, you were saying like, like we were the opposite of that experience. Like we weren't doing any of that. Like it wasn't about getting up and jumping up and down and getting people excited. <clears throat> it was going inside, like how can we quiet down and really get deep mm-hmm. and get into that really special place that people are afraid to go and create an environment that's safe for people to do that. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, it really was, it's kind of like we did the exact opposite. We kind of, because the Jai yoga practice, it's, it's Schumann's track is it's very, very deep and slow. And probably the most challenge that most people would have is how slow the practice is going because you're never throwing your leg just, you know, up in the air or making any quick, quick movements. It's much like a Tai Chi. It's much like a conscious meditation. So every time you make a move, you're aware of it and you're connected to your breath. And it's against this beautiful track that we, we don't even know what that track is doing, like what that music is doing because sound heals like more powerfully than any other frequency. And this is truly, truly like a divine, um, you know, transmission that's taking you into the inner chambers of yourself. So that in and of itself was really, really amazing. But I have a perspective on actually Tony Robbins. And I think, I think I do have a perspective on what happens with that raw, raw energy. And this would again, align with what I feel about all of this go, 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 like never stop, never stop running, 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 running. Uh, all of that kind of energy, there is a burnout point because I was a very, very loyal Tony Robbins disciple in my 20s. And I did four programs of his and I firewalked. I'm a firewalker, people. Right. So, um, and I had powerful experiences with him and, uh, and he was amazing and, and, and very powerful. Like there's some energy with him. Like one time he hugged me and I literally felt he might just snap me in half. He's a huge man. Very, very big. But um, what I did find with that, because I launched my fashion company actually using those kind of principles, um, is that what is not addressed in that is the burnout point. So again, you're, you're, you're grabbing from this very high energy kind of you know, forced uh, state of awareness, but you're not tapping into really the deep inner fire, which is constant always. So that was my experience with that type of program is that there's a burnout. That's the struggle with me, Uh you know, because I'm a big proponent of a hard work ethic and, you know, I know how to work hard and I've seen advances in my life by devoting myself and being committed to that sort of path, but also understanding that that, you know, I have, bu- I have bumped into burnout. You know, I go in waves. It's like a sine curve that goes up and down. I work really hard and then I burn out for a while and then I need to re- regroup. And you're always reminding me, like, if you can just find a balance point, if you can generate that, um, that output from a place of calm and centeredness and quietude, then you're not gonna, ha- you're gonna flatten that curve and your production output will be larger overall because you're going to you're not going to have the peaks and the valleys but as somebody who's in recovery it's like I'm all, I love the peak you know I don't like the valley but I'm always going for the peak you know mm-hmm. so this is the journey for me of trying to trying to incorporate more of that into my life because not everybody has the energy level of a Tony Robbins or you know a hustle 24/7 Gary Vaynerchuk kind of uh, personality type. Mm-hmm. Most people don't, right? Mm-hmm. They can watch those people and be inspired by them and try to mimic them, but most people are going to burn out if they try to model their behavior on that and they don't have that kind of, you know, churning constitution that those unique individuals have. 
Right. And it's sort of like, um, it's, it's so interesting because Schumann was, you know, he teaches me sitar every week and he was playing a piece and, you know, he described it to me that Indian music is like, 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 let's say that somebody asked you to take eight hours to walk from here, like to the kitchen, like think about what that takes that it's a lot easier to just get up and run to the kitchen. You just get up and run and you're there. But what if somebody told you, okay, take eight hours from now and then walk over to the kitchen? How, how would that look? So again, when you're, when, you're, when you're soft and when you're quiet and when you're deep, I'm not saying you don't do a lot of action or you can't express a lot in the, wor- in the world, but it's the way that you do it. And I would say that on the retreat with you, I thought you were absolutely beautiful and perfect in what you added and what you offered. And there is a combination between you and me that is truly divinely inspired and divinely created. It's no accident that we're together. The the combination of us provides something that allows, uh, I think, a deeper transformation. And it allows more of a bridge for people to come deeper and to come and be vulnerable and be open. And I would say that I hadn't seen you in such beautiful energy uh, for many, many years than I did during that retreat. You were really connected, really in service, really intelligent, really um, just amazing. Everything that you offered was beautiful during that week. And so that was my experience. And I think that that was everybody else's experience as well. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, we should give a shout out to our incredible crew because we couldn't have done it without uh, a tremendous amount of support from many people. Mel Nahas was our producer and she just did a bang up job, an incredible job. Amazing woman. We we didn't didn't have (laughs) one problem, you know, and we also had, I mean, the group of people that showed up was incredible. Like usually there's always one person who's a problem or there's some drama or something like that. There was none of that. The group was incredible. Mel handled everything. Everybody arrived perfectly. It was just seamless pillar to post. Yes. And then having Colin and having Jen. Uh, be able to offer their levels of expertise to the group was incredible. Having the boys there to be uh, sort of of service and per- perform music, I think, was a beautiful addition to it. You know, it added a family element that really uh, no, pe- allowed people to see yeah. kind of how our family functions. And I mm-hmm. think that was impactful for a lot of people. That was a big point, actually, that a lot of people mentioned. And a lot of people were very emotional about it. And, you know, it definitely was, you know, at the beginning, somebody said, I think David said, um, who lives in Florence, he said, at the beginning, I was like, oh, you know, great, their family gets a vacation. <laughs> but when he came there and saw what we were doing and how they were interacting with us, um, it really deeply did affect a lot of people. And they, right now, our boys are actually traveling all over Europe, meeting all these people yeah, that they met on the retreat. <laughs> so yeah. they're visiting uh, different countries and, and staying with these new friends that they've made. Um, but yeah, and even people said, you know, we wish you had brought the girls because the fi- family dynamic is something. And, you know, once again, it's like, we're just authentically living our experience and sharing our experience. And the difference between you and me and a lot of, you know, maybe other people who are more specialized is we sort of have a very full life and we are playing in all those different areas. And so, you know, it's no surprise to me that we were able to offer support and all of that. And, and, um, seven days, I mean, we, you know, I don't think, I actually don't think it would have been better if it was 10. I think we did, I think seven days was perfect. I think it no. was the I mean, right on, amount of time. On the last day, we kind of had a special session where we sat around in a big circle and everybody went around and kind of shared what they got out of the experience and, and how it's impacted them. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Like <laughs> every single person, even the most hardened, people with the most hardened shells were having, you know, mm. we're emoting on a pretty mm. deep level. And, and that spoke volumes to me about the impact of the trip. So it was incredible. Also, yeah. Leia, you know, who came and, and taught yoga as well in conjunction with you. I mean, just the whole thing was amazing. Yeah. So in any event, I don't want this to be like no, a so, crazy uh, long advertisement for uh, for our retreats, but it was a remarkable, beautiful experience. And if it sounds like something that you're interested in learning mm-hmm. more about perhaps uh attending a future event 
The best way to learn about it is to go to ourplantpowerway.com. There's plenty of information there. You can email Mel, our producer, through that website. She's happy to answer any questions. And the next trip is October 1 through 8 in the same location. I think it's 3 through 11. Is it? Yeah. I keep saying 1 through 8. No, I think it's 3 through 11. Is it 3 through 11? Anyway, you'll see on the site. All right. Um, Yeah, so it's there. And then we're looking for, we're trying to lock down an Australia location for the end of February. And then we'll be going back to Italy in May, the same same week. And then next summer, we're going to be going to Ireland. Um, so anyway, just keep keep uh, keep in touch via the site. Um, we hope you can join us one of these trips. Um, and if not, we're going to be sharing you know content along the way, like the yoga video will be available probably in maybe six weeks or something like that. And then uh, we'll keep you posted on the status of the Plant Power Way Italia, whether it ends up published or it ends up as a Eve cookbook. We don't really know yet. Um, but I also want to just mem- mention that one thing that Colin was pointing out to me and that was very you know hit him very deep is that there really wasn't one demographic on the trip. Um, We had two children in their 20s bring their mothers, which was amazing, adorable experience. We had three military people um, who came from all over the world, which is really incredible. Um, And we had, um, you know, athletes, we had yogis, we had business people, we had, you know, just really kind of one guy who had just lost a bunch of weight. Um, So... Uh, you know, it was just a, a whole, a whole sort of b- beautiful array of different kinds of people, and there really was no one unifying, you know, quality that drew them to the retreat. Right. I think one theme is that people showed up thinking it was going to be a bunch of ultra runners and ultra athletes, and there was some level of intimidation about what the runs were going to be like. And I just want to say, like, that's not what this retreat is about. It's mm-hmm. not about ultra athletes. Everybody was, you know, coming, like Julie said, all, all different walks of life. Um, it's not about, you know, ultra athletic performance. It's really about uh, unlocking, you know, your, your, own, your own unique, best, most authentic self. And that is a different definition for every single person. And everybody brings, brought their own unique life experience. And we were just there to be of service to helping enhance and shine a spotlight on that. Yeah, definitely. And so anyways, to all of the initial Jai tribe uh, who came, crew, and uh, everyone who attended, uh, Rich and I love you. And thank you so much for making this first event so extraordinarily special in every way. It yeah, was just it divine. all expectations across the board. And then after that, we went to Venice and spent a couple days family time there, which was amazing. And then we went to Ireland and hung out with the guys from the Happy Pair. The Happy Pair, the happiest men in the world. These guys. I'm putting up my podcast with them next week, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, I'd heard of these guys uh, because I've been following them online, their YouTube channel and their Snapchat, et cetera. And I knew from a video that they did with Tim Sheaf that these are kind of the two, you know, sort of vegan people in Ireland who are making waves and doing interesting things. Twin brothers, they have a restaurant cafe called the Happy Pair. It's in Greystones, which is about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes south of Dublin, right on the coast. And uh, they invited us out to visit them and get a, get a look at, at what they're doing out there. And it blew me away. Like, I'm so impressed with these two young guys and their level of enthusiasm. I mean, their, their level of enthusiasm is like nothing I've ever seen. <laughs> these guys are inseparable, and they are, they are just so active in the community. Mm-hmm. They are really community-oriented. They've got this whole town that they live in just ecstatic about healthy food and mm-hmm. healthy lifestyle. They're teaching courses. They're changing lives. And they have... Uh, now they have something called Pearville, which yeah, is... They created their own city. Yeah, they've got 14,000 square foot facility where they're creating all these healthy food products, uh, shipping them all over Ireland. 300 stores in they're Ireland. making YouTube videos like crazy. They're Snapchat machines, and they're just full of life and positivity. Yeah, and they're making... I mean, the thing that really blew me away is, it, you know, it's as good as any of the highest, you know, highest developed health food stores in LA, maybe even better. I mean, they have sprouting containers. They have... They're, they're making kombucha. They're making yeah. kraut. Um, they make some of the most amazing hummuses and pestos, plant-based yeah. pestos I've ever had. Yeah, they're they were insane. shipping 90,000 bars uh, this month. And, 
Uh, their bars are amazing. You know, a lot of times bars for me, it really give me a stomach ache. I can't really, I can't really process them, but these bars that they made, they're really, really, really high quality. So, and they're adorable and inf infectious and always happy. And they're jumping into the Irish sea at least three times a day. They're and, the happiest two dudes I've ever met. Yeah. They're twins that are literally almost like the same person and they just love each other. They're amazing. Uh -huh. So a lot more, you're going to hear a lot more from me about these guys. The podcast with them is going up this weekend and we're going to try to incorporate them into our uh, Irish, Irish retreat. Our retreat in Ireland, which is going to be next summer. Definitely. Yeah. So cool. Um, so I think this is a good moment to launch into an interesting, you know, perhaps interesting discussion that we could have a lot of, you know, messages that I've received in the wake of, you know, what from an outsider looking in on this experience that we just had, you know, we got to go to Florence and we got to go to Siena and we went to Venice and we went to Turin and we went to Ireland and people are saying, wow, you know, it must be nice to be able to make your living traveling to these amazing locations. Like, how mm. do you do that? How did like, we do how that? Did you, how did you make how that? How did we figure this how out? How did you make that happen where your career is merged with something that you're passionate about and that you're in service of? Well, I mean, starting at the very beginning and then we can launch into the, you know, our more personal is, you know, it really happened because I was practicing yoga and I was going to yoga retreats and it suddenly occurred to me one day as I was on one of these retreats that why were we coming to this, you know, one location, which was basically like kind of a granola hippie location in Ojai when we could go anywhere in the world? I was like, why would we only go here when we could go anywhere? And so um, I had this really profound experience. I, I told it at the retreat. I don't think I had ever told you before, but I was in Ravello. It was before I met you. And um, Ravello is on the Amalfi Coast, and it, it, it could be the most beautiful view you could ever see in your entire life. It's absolutely, it's extraordinary beyond measure. And um, I had just discovered yoga, and I went into these ruins next to the hotel in the morning really early, and I started practicing yoga, and I closed my eyes. And suddenly I opened my eyes halfway through my practice and there were 60 people from the village had come down to watch me practice yoga. <laughs> and so uh, I was very attached to my yoga, which you are when you first start practicing. So I just continued. I closed my eyes and continued and finished my practice. And when I opened my eyes again, they had all left except for this old Italian man who had sat down on a bench four feet away from me. And as I finished, he got up and he shuffled over to me and he looked in my eyes and held his hand out and I put my hand in his and he smiled and he had no teeth. And I, for a minute there, I was like, what is happening here? Like, is he going to grab my boob or, you know, do something? I don't know. Um, and he kneeled down and kissed my hand and looked at me very, very specifically. And then he turned around and shuffled away. And it was at that moment that I thought I'm going to bring people to Italy to practice yoga. So that is how the whole thing happened. And that I was had, 20 years ago. Yeah. I had been invited to this villa for a friend's uh, birthday party and we all arrived and it was so magical. And I thought, wow, how did this happen? Like we got an invitation back in the U S and then everybody's just showing up at this villa in the, in the middle of, of nowhere. So that was how it happened. And I ended up partnering with a well-known yoga teacher named Steve Ross for many years. And, you know, we, um, did these high end, you know, yoga retreats for many, many years for almost a 10 year period, sometimes twice a year. We tried a boat and we tried a couple other things. We did a, a location in Mexico also that was really great. Rich came to many of these with me after I did too. Then that I met you and you started coming. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so it, it was sort of born there and it worked really well there. It actually really did change people's lives, although there really wasn't much of a spiritual program. There was a lot of laughing and a lot of yoga and a lot of shopping at the outlets, but there wasn't really any program. So when this opportunity came up again, the fact that we have a message that is touching people and your book and finding ultra and, and the plant power way and all of that, I knew 
you know, and also all the spiritual development that I've had over those, you know, 20 years, um, I knew that we had more to offer than that. So I already knew the baseline that it was going to be awesome, <laughs> but then I didn't know, you know, w what we were actually going to be able to contribute, which was really, really beautiful this time. So, you know, these, I guess you could say this energetic pathway was laid 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's something that, um, there's a foundation for it. You know, there, there was something that was meaningful, that was useful. And we've been able to now bring it back in and incorporate it with what we're doing. But it took 20 years, yeah. in, you know, <laughs> to, to really let this thing cook mm -hmm. and, uh, and mature to a point where we were ready and the audience was ready to do it. So the sort of larger question that I'm, that I'm, that I'm aiming at, that I'm trying to get to is, is that is bridging that gap between you know current circumstance to a more uh, a more idealized circumstance, right? So you know in 1998, 1990, you know 1998, I was stuck in a career that I hated, and I could not see my way out of it. I just didn't think that there was any way that I would ever reach any kind of escape velocity out of being a lawyer. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I trained to do. Uh, law school costs a lot of money. I wasn't going to just throw it away. I had no idea what another way would look like. Um, how would I support myself? I didn't even know what my passion was. You know, everybody talks about oh, follow your passion. Like, what are you talking about? Like, all I knew is what I was very unhappy and very unfulfilled in my, in my career. And through a process... <laughs> I don't even know what you would call that process, but a process of introspection, uh, a tremendous amount of soul searching, internal work, and confusion, and mistakes, and missteps, and blindly stumbling, stumbling around in the dark, we've arrived at this other place. But 15 years of doing that, mm -hmm. 16 years of doing that, um, of trying things that weren't working, and really the undercurrent theme, the underlying theme in all of that was trying to strip away uh, at myself to get at my heart to find something that moved me. That's what Ultraman was. That's what Ultra Endurance Sports, uh, you know, represented for me. That's what this um, journey through nutrition and health and wellness and meditation and yoga has been all about. And so it took all of those years to get to a place of some level of understanding where it seemed responsible or appropriate to then be able to turn around and share it in a way that would be meaningful and not, um, what's the right word? Uh, not like a surface level sort of lip service way of conveying information, if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, what you mean is that when it's actually part of your authentic self, it's not a business pitch. It's not a marketing pitch. It becomes part of you. That's the authenticity. Right. It That's has why to, it takes Well, so it long. has to become part of you yeah. before uh, it's, it's, you know, in, in recovery, there's a saying, you cannot share something you haven't got. Mm -hmm. You can talk about it. You can pretend like you're sharing it, but it's not going to stick or resonate with anyone because you're not, you don't actually inculcate that. You don't actually intuit that. You don't inhabit that truth. You have to get to a place where that is your truth. And then you can be a beacon that is in a place where you can share it in a way that it's going to be functional and work for other people. Yeah. And so, you know, I thought that I was going to be doing this in my thirties, you know, I mean, that's been probably one of my biggest pains have been having to wait for it. Like I knew it was there and I knew that I was going to be doing all these things but to not be able to express it or not be able to just launch it and not, I didn't understand why it didn't work back then. And the way that I describe it is that, you know, we had good ideas back then. We did like it, they weren't bad. They, it wasn't, you know, in the scheme of the world of what you could be doing, they were pretty good. But the key was, is that we still had traces of personal ambition that were mired in this service. So if you're saying that you want to help people, but you really haven't become yet, 
you're still running personal ambition. It's an idea of a persona that you want to be. It's an idea. It's, it's really the same energy as an actress, you know, or a performer. So, but I would say that I would be, it would be dishonest for me to say that I've been stripped of any ambition. Like I'm an ambitious person. I would say that over the nine years that we were pummeled almost into nothing, that you were stripped of much of your ambition. Well, I was humbled for sure. Well, you yeah, know, I have a level of humility that I didn't possess then. Well, but I still so that's have, part of but it. I, but I think the, but, the point I'm trying to make is I still you could still have goals and ambitions. No, but you're you're confusing what I'm saying. All right, you're confusing so what I'm saying. Ambition is when it's for your own personal ego justification. Real service is when you're truly of service without attachment to the outcome. Two different things. So when you're of service, you're not serving, you're, you know, you're, you're clear of the personal drive of things that you want to get. And I understand, I understand that you still have some and I still have some. I understand that. But in the scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, that is the key thing that was different because we needed to be prepared in order to share at this level, in order to imbibe, in order to have the frequency and the energy. So we did not have that. We were not mature at that point, meaning we could not hold this example at that point because we hadn't been through all the trials and all the tests and all the becoming. And so it takes a while to become in a life. It, you know, you can't just become, you know, at a certain you know, age because you want to be, you, you have to go through the alchemy and the trans, you know, transformation and, and, you know, it's really, you become alchemized. The takeaway is, uh, a couple things. First, patience, you know, people that are trying to expedite this process of, you know, reaching escape velocity out of whatever situation they find themselves in to arrive in this more idealized version of themselves. It takes time. It's hard. And, you know, the second prong of that really is that the ultimate growth hack is a long-term passionate devotion to mastery. Not that you'll achieve mastery, not that we've achieved mastery uh, in the ultimate sense in anything that we do, but it's devotion to that mastery, mastering the self, mastering the tools that we're sharing um, that takes a long time. So there, so I'm going to interrupt you right there. So devotion to mastery is very different than ambition. Do you see the difference? Yeah. So you just, you just um, expressed well, the goal, it. The, but the goal, because the goal is not, external. It's not, uh, you know, it's not external affirmation. It's not any kind of material gain. It's commitment to the process of being better and showing up for it on a daily basis, whatever that is in your life, uh, that ultimately will bear the fruit that you're looking for. But the moment you take your eye off that and you start looking externally is when you're becoming distracted. Yeah. And it, when you say better, it, what do you mean by better? becoming better. What do you mean by that? Well, becoming a more actualized human being, okay. so you know, becoming more in touch with becoming more expanded. your heart, becoming mm -hmm. more, yeah, becoming more expanded in your consciousness, you know, okay. improving. And, and this touches into everything, which is why, you know, the event that we just hosted had to touch on so many things, you know, nutrition is important. It begins with what's on your plate, but that is not the be all and end all. I feel like if we had done a week where it was just all about plant-based nutrition and nothing else, it's a missed opportunity to talk about the really important things because you clean up your plate so that you can get more in tune with who you are. And then it's about how do you channel that revitalization into the best direction that's gonna shift your trajectory and lead you towards the life that you are meant to be living. Yeah, and this brings me back to yoga. I have to come back to yoga because as you're sitting here speaking to me, I'm remembering the story I just told you about how these retreats started, the story that I shared that of how yoga is the foundational core of everything beautiful in our life. I could not have held space for you. I could not have said, Rich, go train if I did not have a yoga practice. I could not have. I met you in a yoga class. Uh, recovery and yoga for you was the beginning of you starting to look deeper within yourself. 
And I can see you when you're on retreat, when you're practicing yoga every day, what a beautiful result, what a beautiful flowering that is in your personality. And so, you know, we're trying to give people takeaways for, the, for this, this episode of Ask, Ask Me Anything. The biggest takeaway that I would say is get your ass on a mat. Go practice yoga. Find it in whatever form. There's a million different places you can find it. Start practicing yoga. These asanas or postures carry a sacred vibration. They will clear you of all this residue. They will connect you with yourself. And as a side effect, you will become healthy and supple and flexible and more calm and all of these things. So, you know, really, uh, yoga is a wonderful gift that we have uh, as humans on this planet. And I can't stress enough the value of that practice as your guide and your constant through all the stages of your transformation. Implicit in that is that the answers that you seek reside within you. That doesn't mean that you don't seek out the advice of a teacher, that you don't read books, that you don't garner inspiration from the people that are providing inspiration in your orbit, in your world, that you don't have mentors, that you don't seek the advice of people that you trust. <clears throat> but ultimately, you have to be your own barometer of what's right for you. And if you're struggling with which way to go, if you're indecisive, if you have paralysis in your life, in your relationships, uh, the way to resolve that is always, and the answer is never going to change, is always inside of you. And so yoga and meditation are really the key to unlocking that and finding your own personal truth to uh, unshackle you from that paralysis. Uh, the truth is, is that, again, it goes back to, you know, a long-term devotion and commitment to mastery because it's not going to happen in one yoga class. It's going to happen when you decide to change one thing in your life. And that's everything. When you make this commitment that this is going to be the most important thing, whether it's your spiritual evolution, the expansion of your consciousness, whether you're doing it through yoga or meditation or some combination of those two things, when you make the commitment to prioritize that above everything else, above your job, above your relationship, that's when you start to step into the solution. That's right. Beautifully said. So it's all about yoga. It's all about <laughs> yoga and meditation. And I think all of the, the, the bounty, you know, the fruits of the pain that we've suffered, the hardships that we've gone through, are a result of, of, of that commitment, you know, and you've been leading the charge. Like I'm the, I'm the sort of reluctant, you know, complaining kid that gets dragged into it and then goes, Oh, why wasn't I doing this all along? And then I'll relapse and revert back to my old default ways. And then I go, Oh yeah, I felt better when I was doing that. And then I go back in You're you're like a constant. And this is where we are like the yin and the yang because you're, you're the one who's always been, you've never wavered in that commitment. You're very, you know, your, your curve does not go up and down that much. It's pretty constant, mm -hmm. right? You're able to hold that space and that's a unique, I think that might be uh, your most profound talent is your just consistency with this. I'm less consistent and, I'm, and it's that thing where knowledge will avail you nothing. It's like, I know what's right for me. Sometimes I struggle with getting into that place of doing it consistently, but it's always drawing me back. Mm -hmm. And I think giving myself, like not flogging myself and beating myself up for not being perfect or as consistent as you has been a struggle that, you know, I've been constantly, you know, trying to overcome to get to a place where I can be okay with myself, but also aspire and work harder towards that level of consistent practice. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think along with, yeah, not beating yourself up and not being judgmental, there also comes a responsibility because, you know, at a certain level, when you've reached a certain level of maturity, you know, it's time to stand up and take responsibility uh -huh. basically. So I'm not, I'm less, 
I'm, I'm less in the energy of, oh yeah, you know, um, it's okay to, to, uh, to waver a bunch. It's like you, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But you, you know, you have enough experience now and it's kind of like for all of us. And and this is like a planetary thing right now. I mean, the game is getting amplified up. You're going to start to see everything get like a kind of more intense, more amplified. And spiritual practice is, is required of us. It's not a choice. It's not like a pastime or a hobby or a cute little idea of taking a picture of meditating. It is a, it is a necessity to be able to fulfill your mission. And I'm talking for all of us. It is a necessity to fulfill your mission. So if you don't know who you are, start practicing yoga so you can find out who you are because we need you to be all of who you are, everything that you were created in your divine blueprint. We all need you. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you to come online so you can join us. So, um, yeah, it, it, now things are getting a little bit more intense. You know, now it's like, no, you need to make a decision and you need to devote yourself to something greater than yourself. And, you know, one of the things in Jai Yoga practice that I designed in, in there is the first thing we do is lie down in pranam, meaning lie down on the floor and offer your life over to something greater than you are. Because we're just not in kindergarten anymore. You know, you saw the mass shootings in Orlando this week. Um, this world is not all unicorns and rainbows. It's just not all happening. I wish it was, but it's just not. So how do we, how do we manage? How do we maintain our light? How do we maintain our mission and keep our energy, you know, balanced and in a good place so that we don't get sick? We don't get disease. I mean, all this, all this going up and down and the, you know, the extremes, it's taught, it's, it's hard on your body. It's hard on your system. So it's affecting you physically. It's ex affecting you spiritually. And also it's affecting the environment because other people are receiving any imbalance that you're throwing off. And so again, it comes to us understanding that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And the spiritual practice is essential, right? Especially right now, especially right now. And so... Thoughts are things and emotions are things and our inner space affects people around us. So it's not just about your own, you know, experience. It's about the greater experience. And so I'm going to be speaking up and sort of requiring and calling for and holding the space that we all up our game a little bit. Um, I'm upping mine. So, you know, I'm, I'm not staying in this place. I'm going to another level. So, um, my spiritual practice is heightened right now. You know, I have, uh, uh, it is very, very in the forefront of, of what my life is. And I'm sharing that on my podcast, divine through line and amazingly getting the most extraordinary letters from people all over the world who are having real human life experience happen to them, you know, and um, I'm honored to be able to hold space for them and speak to those type of issues. Um, but I, I feel like we've, we've hit a tipping point. I feel like, um, you know, th th there's, it's kind of a different game now and we're all being required to step up and, you know, take action and make a commitment on a lot of those things that we've known for a while, you know, are kind of in the, in the field, but we haven't really uh, taken responsibility to step mm -hmm. into them. Everybody has those things. Everybody has something that they're, that's in their blind spot or that they're sort of semi-consciously aware they need to deal with. So, Yeah, and it's your life. This is your life right now. You don't know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. So what are you waiting for? I think that's a good place to close it down for the day. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me the on. The powerful Rich. Julie Pyatt laying Sorry. down the mad crazy just, truce at just, the end. Just got inspired no, a little was, bit there. That was fantastic. Thank <laughs> you. I'm inspired. No, it's true. I mean, I, you know, I guess I'm talking about it from just a place of honest, transparent experience with the struggles that I've had in terms of creating consistency. And so that's my commitment. You know, that's how... That's, that's the blind spot that I need to look at and amplify to get to a place where 
that's no, I mean, to, to, this is to say that that's no longer okay. It's, it's no longer okay for me to, to tell and create that story that, well, this is the way that I am. You know, I go up and down like this. Mm-hmm. That's just a story. It's just I a story. have power to change that. And I've made great strides in doing that, but I still have work to do there. Mm-hmm. And we so all that's do. the commitment that I'm making. Beautiful. Awesome. So that's it for today. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, So again, if you're interested in learning more about uh, the retreats that we have going, ourplantpowerway.com. World. Oh, yeah. Ourplantpowerworld. You think I'd know our own website, right? Ourplantpowerworld.com. Check out Julie's podcast, Divine Throughline. I just put up a new video today. You did? A new vlog. I didn't see it. So check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash rich roll. Trying to do more vlogs, uh, trying to find a system. All right, honey, we just got back of, from the trip and yeah, everything. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm aspiring to ramp up my video production because I really love doing it. And you're really good at it. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who has been tuning in. Uh, it really means a lot uh, to have this audience. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. Um, I really do uh, appreciate it. It means everything to me. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the show, please uh, take a moment and do that. That helps us out a lot. Leave a comment on the iTunes page. That also helps us out a lot. Uh, what else? And thank you so much to everybody who has made a habit of using the Amazon banner ad at ritual.com. You can find that banner ad on any episode page. Uh, it doesn't cost you a cent extra on any of your purchases, but Amazon uh, pays us a little commission on that. And that really helps us uh, keep the bandwidth flowing. So thank you, everybody, for that. And uh, what else do we have to say? If you want uh, some food inspiration and yoga inf- inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Srimati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I. Also, you can find my music on iTunes and CD Baby under Srimati as well. Um, and this summer, I'm working on a vegan cheese book uh, that's due to be published in 2017. So I'm excited to share some of the uh, process of that on Instagram. Um, and like Rich said, you can check out my podcast, Divine Throughline. I'm on iTunes. You can subscribe there. All right. Love you guys. And uh, love you guys. Be back with you soon. Thanks so much. Peace. Namaste. Plants.